Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, time 16. This is the sixth part. That's right, six weeks of predictions on our prediction special. We're fond of calling it predictions on steroids. I've got 16 people ready to share their two-minute predictions with you. So let me just get started with my intro. What's the buzz today? Even though the future seems far away, it is actually beginning right now. That's a quote from the late passed away at 13, Maddie Stepanek. We'll just leave it there. Very telling for a young man who wrote seven best-selling books of poetries and peace essays. If your number one business wish this year is knowing what 2019 holds, of course it is, for your company, your industry, and the world, and your career, stay tuned. Today, and a whole bunch of weeks in the past, we are bringing you the predictions covering technology, strategies, and trends that can help your company grow, your industry grow, and compete better this year and beyond. A total of 80, that's eight zero thought leaders. So take a break from whatever you're doing. Pour yourself a cup of Joe or Earl. And if you have any Dom left over from New Year's Eve, you can do that too. And join us for SAP Game Changers Radio 2019 Predictions Part 6 Live. I've got four very smart people waiting in the wings to join us for the kickoff of the predictions part of the show. Let me tell you who they are. First up, we'll be hearing from Werner Zeidelberger, Director at the Hackett Group Strategy and Transformation Practice in Europe. Welcome, Werner. Rita Salam is with us. She's a VP, analyst, and Gartner fellow at Gartner. Happy to have her. Rogan Morrison joins us, senior SAP program manager and enterprise architect at the Olayan Financing Company. And rounding out the segment, Uli Munch, global VP of SAP's Automotive Industry Business Unit. Welcome, everyone. Happy New Year. Werner Zeidelberger, I'm giving you two minutes for predictions. It's all yours. Go. Thanks, Bonnie, for having me. Always a pleasure to be on your podcast. Thank you. In the last couple of years, we have seen that support functions, meaning procurement, HRIT, finance, we're very much focusing on optimizing the two E's, efficiency as well as effectiveness. We are now seeing that there's a new E coming into play, and this is experience or experience design, and this Mm -hmm. is my prediction number one. Focusing on the user experience will be absolutely key in 2019 for support functions. We have seen development around personalization quite a while now in many industries, But this trend finally seems to be reaching support functions and shared service organizations uh, accordingly. We have all these new technologies, uh, RPA, AI, machine learning coming in. You have had many people on your podcast talking about use cases and trends. But I Mm -hmm. think the most important is that all these technologies actually enable us to finally design processes, services around actual user needs rather than just imposing a certain way of working because of like system requirements or just because we've always done it like, like that. And this brings me to my prediction number two. We will see that approaches like design thinking uh, will definitely be on the rise in 2019, even in areas like finance, procurement, HR. And the core aspect here is that these, uh, these methodologies build solutions around understanding the customer needs and the use of um, perspectives. And I think here, design thinking can augment all these intelligent technologies in any kind of solution development process. Because at the end, the more technology we use, the more important people become. And this Mm -hmm. brings me to my last prediction. All these developments uh, 
need a new approach to leadership and talent management. In order to make the digital transformation a success story, it needs someone with a vision who is able to create a culture embracing change and empowering people to work in new ways and who helps to bring this experimenting, testing, failing. This shouldn't be the exception. This should become the new normal. And in order to achieve that, I think we need to understand that talent management is essential. We need to develop better ways to train and develop the existing talent base, especially in regions where it has already become quite difficult to attract new employees. You know, companies have got so much talent around the world. We just need to help them to leverage their full potential. Thank you very much. I love that you mentioned experience because I've heard that we all the economies we keep describing, Werner, and I hear that we're now in the experience economy. So I'm glad you brought that up at the top. Terrific predictions. Thank you. I'm going to move around the table slightly to Ms. Rita Salam. Rita, you are up. Let's hear what you have to predict, please. Okay. Thanks, Bonnie. Uh, so my predictions are all around uh, artificial intelligence and how artificial intelligence will be pervasive, how we'll deal with the shortage of skills, and how we'll deal with the fact that AI can be wrong and we need to imp- impose some sort of governance and transparency um, on artificial intelligence and how it's deployed in organizations. So my first prediction is that due to augmentation or AI automation or machine learning being applied to how analytics content is developed, how insights are generated and shared, uh, by over the next couple of years, we'll, up to 50% of data science activities will be automated by AI and machine learning techniques, ultimately by 2025, easing the acute talent shortage. Um, similarly, um, as part of that, you know, a, a, the development of data science models and AI content um, will no longer just be the purview of a few um, specialists, but rather up to 40% of development teams will be using augmented machine learning capabilities and services to build models and incorporate AI capabilities into their applications. And that's up from less than 1% today. Mm. Um, and, and the challenge is as we, as AI and machine learning become more pervasive and across the enterprise and as we auto-generate some of these models, the potential for high-profile catastrophic events increases exponentially. And so we believe that there will be a high-profile catastrophic event caused by an AI error that may be from a model that may be auto-generated um, or results are unexpected. And that's likely to cause an intense focus on AI governance, similar to what we see with data governance today with GDPR and other privacy initiatives to control use of data. And we'll likely see new calls for things like data science code of conduct and certification, similar to what might be required uh, by, for, for doctors, where we ha- you know, doctors have to go through a pretty rigorous certification to be able to practice. Uh, potentially we'll see that. We believe we'll see that with people who are um, practicing data science and AI at scale. Um, the other thing, and, and that certainly is a result of more automation where we're likely, likely to see more and more organizations have to contend with sort of shadow AI because more and more people in the enterprise that may not be under the purview of any sort of governance 
will be able to build analytics content, and that opens up a big risk for effective models and ethical uh, models, bias models. And then my last prediction has to do with the fact that it isn't about the algorithm and that AI algorithms and algorithms will likely be increasingly commoditized and that the basis of competition for leveraging AI will be your data and how much you have, how clean it is, how relevant it is, and your core competency in managing your data and having the, the right data, the, uh, enough diversity in your data to to support um, accurate algorithms. Well, those, those are mine. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> I'm blown away. I don't think we've had anything like that so far on the five weeks of predictions. Rita, thank you. Take a deep breath. I'm going to come back and ask you and Werner what you were drinking over the holidays. I can't wait to hear that. Rogan Morrison at Olay and Financing. You're up next. Two minutes on the clock. Go ahead. Great. Uh, fantastic to be on the show, Bonnie, and uh, Thank I'm looking you. forward to a really exciting 2019. So let me shoot off with our predictions, and the first one is around the IoT and the architecture space. I think that uh, from a prediction perspective, going into 2019, the IoT and architecture space is really going to kind of come together in a bigger way in many organizations as they drive out multiple pilot project, and I think the skill set that will then be required in that space will specifically be more on the soft skill side, understanding the requirements, as well as some technical skills around specifically security in the IoT space and how the security elements of IoT will be need to be built into the existing business process structures that will now be complementing the IoT models that get added to the architecture of an overall enterprise. So I think predictions, that's the first one I have. The second one I have is around specific regions. I think that as we see an uptake in in growth, in population growth in both Africa and Asia, that these two regions will drive uh, additional growth in the healthcare the food, transportation, and distribution markets, as well as normal people transportation. And this will open up a lot of opportunities for organizations to, let's say, jump on the quicker bandwagon of IoT and maybe create a few more pilot projects that will run in these specific regions because they can bypass some of the older uh, technology streams that allow you to get onto that bandwagon quicker and get up to, to speed faster. So those are my two predictions uh, for 2019. Thank you. I love it. Very interesting. We've got quite a range of predictions today, and I have two minutes left in this segment for Uli Munch at SAP's Automotive Industry Business Unit. Uli, two minutes. They're all yours. Go ahead. Here we go, my predictions for automotive and mobility. In 2019, first, I, I see further smart investments in the case megatrends. Uh, for those of you who are not that uh, deep into automotive, case stands for connected, autonomous, shared, and electrified mobility. <clears throat> and I see a, an increased focus on value. So what are the outcomes that we are, we're generating, for example, from autonomous vehicles or uh, for electri electrified vehicles? So value for the consumer, for businesses, and, and last but not least, also for society, maybe for for better serving underserved communities in, in metro areas. So that's uh, the first one. And when I say the smart investments, I mean companies are starting to join forces to share investments. So if we, we see that uh, with uh, Volkswagen and Ford just announced last week, 
We see the, the General Motors and Honda cooperating and others. And we see new players like Rivian really coming up with uh, full electric lineups and, and taking the establishment um, head, head on. The second prediction is around AI, uh, artificial intelligence and robotics uh, that we see and just coming out of, of CES and, um, you know, the, the show that, that IBM uh, presented here within a keynote when it comes to comes to, to better weather predictions, to, to machines that are able to debate with us for four minutes, uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. And the impact also on healthcare and health tech, that I think is, uh, is really impactful, and, um, and what, it, what it means for ro- robotics and process automation, all, all about value at the end of the day. What does it mean for businesses, for individuals? And last but not least, the third prediction is a higher focus on data privacy and data ownership and really respecting people's choice to to really make a decision what they want to share when they want to share and and it may be a generational difference here in in people's priorities but we really need to respect their privacy Wow, great. What a collection of predictions I've got here for the first segment. I'm going to give you each two words on your favorite drink, either for the new year or what you had over the holidays. No big explanation, just a drink. Werner Zeidelberger, what were you drinking over the holidays or what do you love right now? I'm in Neue Austria. Winter has arrived, so my favorite is mild wine. Ah, wonderful. Rita Salam, what are you drinking? It's yellow coffee. Yellow coffee. Ooh, that sounds... I remember that from last time. Rogan Morrison, what are you drinking? Oh, fresh mint iced tea. Ooh, I got to get some of that. Uli Munch, what's in your cup? Green tea, green tea. Green tea, I can go with that. Thank you very much for kicking us off. I loved your predictions. Werner, Rita, Rogan, Uli, we're going to say goodbye to you. We're going to drop you off. And we've got four people waiting in the wings for segment two. We're really on steroids today. Thank you very much to our listeners. You don't want to think about touching that dial. This is way too exciting. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We'll be right back in 60 seconds. Count along with us. Aaron out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. 
Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, let's. Segment two of the sixth week of our 2019 predictions, and we are off to a wow start. Let's see what my next four special guests have to say. Let me tell you very quickly who they are. We're welcoming back Lori Mitchell-Keller. She is co-president of SAP Industries. She leads the sales and partner go-to-market strategy and execution. Welcome, Lori. Joining her is Werner Bomback, solution manager for the SAP Global Wholesale Distribution Industry Business Unit. That's a big title, Werner. And also with them, this segment is Timo Elliott. He is an innovation evangelist and passionate advocate of digital transformation, analytics, and artificial intelligence at SAP. And rounding out this group is Matt Jennings, Global VP for SAP Leonardo. Welcome to the four of you. Thrilled to have you. Ms. Lori Mitchell-Keller, I'm ready for you. Two minutes. What do you have to predict, please? Hi, Bonnie. It's great to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. Now, you've had a lot of experts on your program and that talked about specific technologies, and obviously technology is changing really fast, and everything that can be automated will be automated. So instead of focusing on a specific technology, I want to take a look for my predictions at what companies will do with the technology in 2019. So there are some big things that themes that we'll hear about this year. Um, front and center in 2019, I believe, is the rise of what we'll call the experience economy mm-hmm. and the real strong relevance of trust in its many varieties, from companies to manufacturing of products to protecting our data and privacy, all the way to the total end-user experience. So what that means, I think, is that companies will invest in technology so that they can begin to pursue that new value cre- creation along two strategic dimensions. The first is, how are they going to create and infuse processes with intelligence? And the reason for that is that they want to be able to better engage with their customers as individuals and, again, as I said, earn their trust by delivering value on the customer's terms, whether that's business users or end consumers, what is the value that they have and how do companies deliver on that? Technology obviously helps, but I think the trust is going to be key. The second prediction is that I think that businesses are going to begin to rethink um, their organizations from one that's organized around velocity and scale, which we hear a lot about. Um, So it's not just building and selling widgets, but it's now, I think, going to transform to how do I design and scale the delivery of new levels of convenience and um, how we make sure that that experience experience in, in the place and time that the consumers want it um, is exactly there. So I think we're going to see a blurring of physical products, creating new sets of services and add-on services, all of these things um, to pr- create that new experience that engenders the trust with um, the customers that companies need in order for customers to accept their new technologies. Thank you, Lori. That was a... A wow, and I'm thrilled that you brought up trust. Big, big, big topic for 2019. We're getting such an array of topics today. Werner Bombach, you are up two minutes. What do you see in the crystal ball? Thanks a lot, Bonnie. And uh, I, I can build quite quite nicely on what Laurie was talking about and Good. put a, a slight uh, spin from a wholesale perspective. Um, wholesale really is in, in full disruption mode, so been happening for, for, for a bit now, but it's uh, gaining speed. Uh, uh, Amazon is massively moving into the market. Uh, industry lines are blurring. Uh, the role of the distributor or the wholesale company is, is threatened from all kinds of directions. So maybe like uh, retail some 15, 20 years ago, wholesale now is under tremendous pressure to 
find new ways or strategies to stay in the game, really to survive. Um, and and so it's it's probably one of the hardest places to be in at the moment because there's so much innovation happening. And uh, I just want to maybe because time is short, uh, highlight four areas that I think will be uh, gaining importance in our industry. Uh, uh, first one, and uh, Rita talked already nicely about it, automation and artificial intelligence. Um, robotics will uh, take over and uh, um, fill tasks that are uh, repetitive and uh, free resources to do uh, things where, where, where you can have a bigger impact on, on results. I think one big topic in, in wholesale is how do you digitize knowledge? Because a lot of the competitive advantage that wholesalers have is in the ability to advise and make the right proposal. How do you bring that into the digital world, into a e-commerce environment? I think that because uh, cybercrime is gaining or is more successful, if, if you want to say it like mm-hmm. that, I think that security will be a more uh, uh, important topic going forward into this year. And lastly, I think uh, a voice and chat um, communication with uh, I, I will, uh, in many cases, start replacing the traditional mouse and keyboard interaction. And then one last prediction, I think it's going to be increasingly difficult to come up with new drinks for your show. <laughs> you got me on that. I was poised to tweet that, and I didn't. Thank you, Werner. Timo Elliott, I know you're ready to pounce on your predictions. Two minutes, Timo, welcome, and go. Hi, Bonnie. Hi. My prediction for 2019 is simply that we're at the start of a new golden age for human intelligence. Uh, the background is I've been working in data and analytics for around 30 years, and the whole time it's been perfectly clear what business people want. They want easy, intuitive access to all the data they need to run the business. But the technology just hasn't been there. Uh, in the late 1990s and early 2000s, I personally helped launch a whole series of products, such as Business Miner, that was predictive analytics for the masses. We had intelligent query that allowed you to ask questions in everyday language. And we even launched a tool for querying using voice interfaces over a decade ago. But it just turned out that none of them were actually viable. So what's changed is that we've reached a tipping point, and the technology has finally caught up with our aspirations. And these technologies are transforming every aspect of the business, and things are really taking off. Gartner just recently said that machine learning implementations, for example, tripled last year. So for analytics, it means that we can finally deliver the kinds of dashboards that business people have been dreaming about for about 40 years Uh, easy, real-time access to information about every aspect of their business literally at their fingertips. And so just as the mechanical era allowed, say, a single farmer to plow hundreds of acres using a single tractor, I think we're poised to see the same sort of thing, but with algorithms augmenting human intelligence. So I truly believe that knowledge workers will now be able to do vastly more in less time than ever before. And so it's going to be a golden age for humans and human intelligence. Wow, 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 wow. You always wow me, Timo. I appreciate that. Let me move on to uh, Matt Jennings, and then we're going to come back to you. Thank you, Timo. That was great. I'm tweeting, 2019, the start of the new golden age for human intelligence technology has finally caught up with our aspirations. I'm ready to go. Matt Jennings, you're up next. Talk to me. Two minutes. Go ahead. Great, Bonnie. Great to hear your voice again. Uh, happy to Thank be here. Thank you. Uh, 
a couple predictions I have. I think, uh, as stated earlier, I think data privacy is going to become more and more of a bigger deal uh, in 2019, especially with the opportunities to securitize that data and to have data that is trusted uh, and that users have confidence in their data is being used in a way that, that's well-intentioned uh, for them. Now, with that, with the data that's collected, I think in 2019 we're going to see more about experiences of the user, and I think we'll have technologies and applications that will be implemented specific to the user or to the customer. So things will be very specific uh, to how things want to be consumed uh, based on a situation. I also think based on that, that conversational AI is going to become more prevalent. And I think the machine learning capabilities of conversational AI will be such that you won't even know that it's not a human uh, talking to you on the other side. I think the intelligence and the technologies are continuing to grow there. Lastly, I think in the opportunities for IoT, I think the ability to connect to assets is becoming uh, more and more pervasive. I think it's more economical to connect, and I also think that the business uh, processes internally will help drive that connection, and you'll see less about the connection and more about the business process and outcome uh, based on the data that's collected. So those are my thoughts for the coming year. Wow. I, I can't believe how quickly all four of you went that. You're making me very, very happy. Let's go around the table. We can just take a deep breath here for a second. Lori Mitchell Keller, I'll give you two choices. What were you drinking on the holidays that really made you smile? Or what's your favorite drink going to be, predict for 2019? Lori? I'm going to do both. What really made me smile is a great glass of Riesling, but my 2019 drink is high antioxidant white tea. Ooh, and Riesling, you know, I, I, you know, the old joke, so-and-so walked into a, I walked into a bar and said, I'd like some Riesling, and they pulled up a bottle that was so good, I asked the bartender to see the bottle, and it was from the Willamette Valley. I lived in Oregon, in Eugene, for 10 years, and I felt like my old home was calling me. It was quite nice, and the, the Riesling was fantastic. I couldn't get over the, uh, over the synchronicity of it. Thank you, Laurie. We'll go, we'll go with the Riesling. Werner Bombeck, what are you drinking, or what, will you, what were you drinking? Go ahead. So I would certainly join you for the Riesling, but uh, um, maybe a highlight that we had over the holidays was a Singapore Sling cocktail. Oh, what's the ingredient in that? Remind me, please. It's, uh, the main one is gin. Um, you can mix it with uh, chair liquor and uh, um, some other uh, stuff and usually with a fruity juice. So lime. Ooh, I have to try one like of those. Thank cocktail. you. Drink up. Timo Elliott, favorite drink before, during, or after? What do you want to have? Well, Donnie, um, I'm English, and with Brexit looming, I'm Ooh. trying to become French, and so I'm practicing <laughs> hard by drinking lots of a champagne rosé. <laughs> I, I love what you said before that about Brexit. I didn't even listen to your drink. That was. <laughs> what are your chances of success at becoming French, Timo? Do you think you're on the way? Bien sûr. Pourquoi? <laughs> uh, it requires lots of paperwork, and I'm awful at paperwork, but otherwise I've got my fingers crossed. Ah, Bianto, we're crossing our fingers for you, too. And Matt Jennings, what's your loving drink? What do you love to drink? Well, over the holidays, I was introduced to Vivint Coffee, which is a fantastic coffee roaster based in Los Angeles. Uh, fantastic coffee. 
Uh, well, we'll do a shout out to them. I want to thank the four of you. We actually beat the clock by one minute. I am indebted to the four of you forever. You have to come back on radio with me. I think we're going to have 16 or 18 Game Changers series this year. We're putting together the calendar. Lori Mitchell Keller, such a pleasure. And a shout out to Mohammed Amer, who is such a wonderful tweeter. And he's there tweeting right now what you said, what I said. And we think he's terrific. Werner Bombeck, thank you. Timo Elliott, thank you. Matt Jennings, thank you. We're going to take another 60 second break. We've got four more predictors waiting in the wings and I know they're ready to ramp up as fast as these four did so don't even think of touching anything we'll be right back Aaron out when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice America business network The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, Les, you've already heard from eight predictors. We've got eight more coming up, so let me get to it. I'll tell you who they are, and then we'll hear from them. First up, we're welcoming back Erica Hovland, Managing Director for IOLITE, IOLITE 360. Joining her is Barbara Giamanco, CEO of Social Centered Selling. Joining them is Michael Bernard. I think you have a posse of fans, Michael. They've been tweeted, texting me all week, Chief Tax Officer for Transaction Tax for Virtual. And rounding out this segment is Joanne S. Black, America's leading authority on referral selling. So welcome to the four of you. Happy New Year. Here's my prediction for 2019. I think this is the year that women rise and that companies continue to make increased efforts in diversity and inclusion a bigger priority, especially in the sales ranks. I'm always about the people side of business. Uh, So even despite having equal or higher levels of quota attainment in many cases, Women still are pretty underrepresented in sales. So here's why I want companies to pay attention. First of all, revenue is higher and more profitable. Uh, CEB Global reported that when companies have more women, <laughs> more gender diverse sales ranks, uh, they performed at much higher levels, both from revenue and profitability. Also, that gender diversity stabilizes the workforce. One of the things that I didn't know but did discover is that women stay in their positions a year or more longer than their male counterparts. All good for business. Finally, diversity drives that better customer experience. Already heard some of your, your folks talking about that with respect to technology and, uh, you know, AI and IoT and all that sort of thing. Uh, but the reality is we're dealing with people and people relate to more people like them, especially in the sales ranks. 
So the final thing I'll say is that it then creates this snowball effect because more women in your sales organization help attract other women. So here's what I'm going to finally say on 2019. With the need for more diversity and inclusion in those sales ranks, and roughly only 23% of women in sales leadership roles, Bonnie, I'm seeing 2019 as a year in which companies can make big, positive strides in balancing those scales. So that's what I see. Thank you. I like that very much, Barbara. We do have Erica Hovland back. Erica, you're in spot number two. Go ahead. Two minutes, all yours. Thanks so much. So the trend that I see has to do with the change in consumer behavior and that people are getting overwhelmed by both change and choice. So I call this a zombie apocalypse apocalypse skill. Uh, People have stopped learning how to solve problems and make decisions, and it's really starting to even impact consumer behavior, and companies are going to need to use technology to respond to this. Because we're getting so used to have, things are just made so easy for us. We've got access to information. We've got gadgets. We don't know how to even solve problems. So let's say you've got, um, you're cooking in the kitchen and you've got a dull knife. Are you going to not cut? Are you going to, if you don't have a knife (laughs) sharpener, like what are you going to do? How do you solve that problem? We've kind of lost touch with the ability to solve those questions without asking an Alexa or Googling it. So with that zombie apocalypse, how do you survive if all of a sudden your technology was taken out of your hands? Um, And obviously that isn't something I foresee as a real threat for 2019, but I do think it's a fun way to start thinking about how people are changing their problem-solving skills and what does that mean when we're not practicing that skill. What we see is there's an impact. Because there's such a stream of incremental innovations that are coming into our lives, it's causing us as consumers to just get overwhelmed by all this change and all this choice. And we're expecting things to be easy. Brands are giving us easy solutions, but more and more and more. Because we've lost these zombie apocalypse creative problem-solving skills, we're starting to need things to be easy. And that includes making it even easier to, to make a choice. So what's happened is there's choice overload. People are maxed out by having so many different options. They can't make decisions. So they're narrowing down choices to either just going with whatever they're loyal to or whatever's on mm-hmm. sale. Or else they just disconnect and they don't make a choice. And then the change overwhelm is getting people just maxed out on, you know, wanting to go back. And you see this emergence of these nostalgic brands like the Nokia flip phones and things. People are just sort of wanting to stop having to be on that constant learning curve. So I think that uh, companies that are able to overcome that overwhelm by um, tapping into their customer base and really understanding that overwhelm and looking for it because it's not just the laggards that are anti-technology that are starting to do this. We're starting to see millennials and wealthy young professionals or uh, middle-aged professionals doing things like raising chickens in their backyard and pulling out of technology and wanting to have more control over when and where technology shows up in their lives. Thank you very much, Erica. Very interesting. I don't have any chickens in my backyard, but I'll be on the lookout for my neighbors. Thank you very much. Michael Bernard at Vertex. Michael, please join us. Two minutes. Go ahead, Michael. What are your predictions? Hey, Bonnie, it's good to be it's good to be with you again. Thank uh, three you. quick things I want to talk about. Yep. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court case that we talked earlier this year about Wayfair. I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on in Europe with the thing called the digital services tax. And then mm-hmm. lastly, uh, U.S. tax reform. Um, first of all, as, as you remember back in uh, last year, there was a case that, decided that called, was called Wayfair. Uh, it's going to greatly impact small and middle businesses because now if they have an e-commerce website, just to say they're located in Georgia and they sell throughout the country, they're going to, based upon some economic threshold tests, they're going to have to start collecting and remitting taxes in the states in which they sell to their customers. So there's going to be some burden there 
a lot of folks on your um, program have already talked about technology. They're going to be able to solve that either through selling through marketplaces or through a web-based system. Uh, Second thing is that consumers are probably already starting to see where they're getting taxed on certain e-commerce purchases. So look for more of that in 2019. In terms of the digital services tax, Europe is really trying to capture uh, some value from U.S. multinationals at this point. What they're thinking about doing is taxing um, companies which have a lot of users on them and a lot of user input on them. So, for example, if you're uh, a U.K. user in, uh, and you're on face, Facebook, uh, the, the Europeans are going to figure out some way to tax those types of networks uh, from a kind of almost an excise tax, but using kind of property tax values. And so that is actually going to be an additional cost to those companies, but probably is going to be paid, probably is going to be uh, passed on to those consumers. And then lastly, as, you, as it relates to U.S. tax reform, as you know, Bonnie, there's a lot of gridlock in Washington, D.C. right now. So besides trade and some infrastructure, maybe some healthcare things that are going to get passed, the only thing I think your customers might, or your listeners might be wanting and could happen is a middle income tax cut uh, for an additional tax cut for, them, for those in the middle income. So those are my predictions for 2019. Thank you very much. You know what? Um, we're wait- Oh, Joanne is back. Wonderful. Joanne S. Black, you're back right in the nick of time. Thank you, Michael. That was great. Very different from most of the predictions we've heard, and we appreciate your tax expertise. Yes, I do remember talking about the Wayfair case with you, so it's in my tweet. Joanne S. Black, two minutes for you. What do you see, Joanne? Go ahead, and happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. So I have good news, not so good news, and much better news. So the good news is that is technology. We all talk about that. It's going to continue to emerge. It's going to help people save time, be really targeted, but most importantly, automate a lot of manual processes to free up us to do what we really need to do. Now, the not-so-good news is there's been a chronic lack of adoption of existing technology. Companies spend Mm. all this money, and a lot of it's the bright, shiny object syndrome, you know, buying the technology the next guy has, and people aren't using it. It's almost an epidemic. There's no training, no reinforcement. Licenses go unused, and it's going to continue to happen So unless there's a plan to use technology to ensure adoption and have metrics, don't buy it. But here's the much better news. The pendulum is swinging back from a total dependence on technology. And finally, the realization that we actually need to talk to people. There's a recognition we're human, that machines can only do so much, that technology is a great tool, but it's people it's people that seal the deal, Bonnie. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I, I, thank you. No, that, that goes a little bit back to trust. Somebody on, on one of our earlier segments, Joanne, mentioned that this is going to be the era of the experience economy, 2019 and beyond, and the era of trust. And I think if you're going to, people are going to deal with people and seal the deal, we have to trust people. So I would say trust comes in there. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Know, you. We, there's this reliance on technology that, you know, we don't really have to talk to people. We can just do everything uh, through email and social media. And we can do a lot. It's a terrific tool. But we have to remember, as one of my clients said, <clears throat> did you ever close a deal through email? <laughs> so talk to people. <laughs> 
Thank you, Joanne. I'm going to circle around the table and find out what everybody was drinking for the holiday or what you see in your cup for 2019. Erica Hovland at Iolite 360, what's in your cup? Well, in the spirit of simplification, we're going with water with lemon. <laughs> Very nice. In if it's warmed up. Mm-hmm. I-, I like that. I like the idea of the honey. Barb Giamanco, what's in your cup? What are you drinking? Uh, well, through the holidays, believe it or not, for those who know me, I wasn't drinking a whole lot of wine. I've been drinking a lot of water with lemon with the occasional glass of red now and then. Okay, I like this. I like the side chaser of red. I think that's very cool. And <laughs> if I can put it that way, indelicately, Michael Bernard at Vertex, what was in your cup over the holidays and what are you looking forward to this year? Well, Bonnie, we uh, built a gingerbread house, and so now we have to deconstruct it. So we've been drinking uh, gingerbread smoothies for the last uh, couple weeks here. So it's been oh. Oh, oh, everybody's going, oh. (laughs) Thank you, Michael and Joanne Black. What what were you drinking for your birthday or what are you planning to drink this year? Well, for the holidays, I put eggnog in my coffee and it was really good. You know, it was the low-fat eggnog, so I don't know if that made a difference or not, but it tasted really, really good. It actually, yeah, go ahead. Same thing. Same thing. I just had the eggnog light, L-I-G-H-T, the Harris Teeter brand. It was two for two quarts for five, then it was two quarts for four. I was drinking that straight out of the carton every morning. I'm not going to admit it in public, so we're not going to keep this in the transcript. Thank you very much. And uh, I think that's our segment. So, Erica Hovland, thank you. Barb Giamanco, always a pleasure. Michael Bernard, tell your fan club I said hello. And Joanne S. Black, again, a very happy birthday. We're going to thank our four panelists. We're going to end this segment a little bit early. This has never happened before on a prediction special because we've got four more people waiting in the wings to round out the show. So thank you to the four of you. Happy everything. Hope to talk to you again on Game Changers this year. And we're going to take a break. Don't even think of touching anything. we got a lot more. Aaron, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. 
Absolutely. This is the final, the wrap-up. Six weeks of predictions. I have four more guests. They're smart, they're savvy, and they're expert in a lot of things. And let me tell you who they are. First up, we'll be joined by Sven Deniken. He heads the P&I S4 HANA Cloud Product Management and Co-Innovation Team at SAP. That's a very long title for a business card, Sven. Joining him is Lisa Durrett, Chief Strategist and Founder of Broad Insight, I-N-S-I-T-E, a marketing agency for small to mid-sized enterprises. Chris Kernahan is joining us. He's the Global Head of Database and technology working in the Bluefin SAP practice at Mindtree, also a big title. And rounding out the panel is Jim Davis, Director of the Americas for the SAP Automotive Industry Business Unit. Thank you for joining me. Let's hit the ground running. Mr. Sven Denikin, I've got two minutes for you. What do you got to say for 2019? Welcome, Sven. Welcome and thanks for having me. So first of all, for me, pretty simple. Uh, 2019 is the year of the democratization of artificial intelligence. And in the last episode, I think, where you had the pleasure to be presented, um, we already allude to what that makes to people. But let's talk a little bit about technology. I think AI will be present in so many devices and applications and services throughout everything that we do, either privately or in the workplace, that we really need to take this serious. But we will find also more ways to automate and streamline what we do, though this comes with a downside because to do that right, uh, we need to overcome some hurdles. Number one, the lack of appropriate data and the talent shortage. And if you see how many organizations by even 2020, like more than 30 of the big ones, will be using for doing their decisions, the lack of having the right people and also the right technology will be a challenge because that will not come with one large-scale AI, we predict. It's hundreds that you need to look into. And there are three technology trends we need to really be thorough around that. Uh, specifically for 2019, a lot of data scientists will come from the consumer world, not the experts. Second, uh, there are a lot of development projects that actually already included, and last but not least, if you take an analogy with the autonomous driving, we will see autonomous solutions happening there. And that's why the intelligent theme around bringing machine learning and the emphasis of topics like RPA, process robotic automation, will really bring us forward. So it's really the combination of the digital and physical world. Like um, one example, we talked about digital procurement for a very long time. We're making it more intelligent with, uh, with actually prediction. We're automating it with actually now machine learning and RPA. I do predict that this year will bring us a long way to the next stage, which is autonomous. Like autonomous cars, software will get autonomous. Thank you very much. Very interesting, Sven. Always good to hear from you. Lisa Durrett, your next two minutes. What do you see in the crystal ball? Hey, Bonnie. Good to see you or talk to you, with you again. I think one Thank thing uh, from our perspective, being on the you know the agency service side, is that data-driven creativity or data-driven content is going to be a differentiator in the customer experience. So if we think about, you know, what does the marketing funnel look like in that customer journey that we're always talking about, we see that shifting in that we really are encouraging and seeing creative teams working much more closely with the data and analytics teams so that they better understand, um, you know, what does the consumer, the customer's changing behavior look like, not only online but offline as well. I think over the last few years, marketers have, have almost neglected the entirety of the customer journey and kind of focus too much on bottom of the funnel, um, get that kind of quick conversion, if you will, um, and then the rest of it kind of swallows up the rest 
that are along the journey. And what's happening is that customers are feeling ignored, right, or uh, or offended even when the journey ends. So they've become a customer, they've gone through that customer journey, and then we just kind of move on to the next one. And so what we're seeing instead then is integrating marketing data, you know, true data, understanding who they are at that niche level, and then using that to create a more long-term um, relationship, long, longer-term um, conversation with those customers. And what you see when you do that is, is not only do you drive ongoing engagement, which is what you want from a, from a loyalty standpoint, but, but longer-term uh, brand equity. Um, and, you know, you really create more of that true um, brand loyalist, if you will, um, so that's something that we're seeing a lot with our clients. We're seeing um, and encouraging our clients to take a look at that. The goal, the goal at the end, is really is, is content. Ultimately, is everything. But how are you creating the best content uh, for your clients, for your customers? They are multiple niches, um, and sometimes it's better to have that data, truly understand them, um, you know, that persona, if you will, and delivering what they want. When they want it, so that are so that you don't have to create, you know, multiple multiple pieces of content. You really truly understand who your customer is, and you're delivering what they're looking for. And what that does in the end is that opens up that two that door for two way communication, uh, which is crucial crucial for building trust and letting customers know that you appreciate their business and you want to continue working with them uh, into the future. Thank you, Lisa. I love that trust word you added in there. Really appreciate that. And pay attention. Integrate your marketing data and pay attention all the way through the journey. Good advice. Chris Kernahan at, let's see, the Bluefin SAP practice at Mindtree. Chris, you're up. Two minutes. That's all I have for you. Go ahead. Not a problem. Thank you very much for having me again. Mm-hmm. Here. Um, so um, I, I actually see a, a number of things, and I'm going to layer on, on top of what Sven actually started with. And what I'm seeing actually is, is a widening of the base of the SAP skills that, that many of our customers um, uh, require from their service providers around the areas like DevOps, machine learning, uh, and, and artificial intelligence. And there is some frustration because of uh, market forces and drivers and, and, and a, a, a not as many resources capable of delivering these things to driving a little bit of customer frustration and perhaps a little bit more of a focus on insourcing for customers. Um, the other thing that I predict is that more and more of the service providers are going to invest and leverage a lot more in education simply because of this widening uh, skills gap um, to provide delivery for our customers, you know, as I said, the 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 within the SAP ecosystem, number of um, competencies that are now required to um, bring our customers on those journeys, uh, on those digital transformations and those S four transformations, is actually increasing. Um, a great example, as I said, is is the journey towards DevOps or machine learning, the ability to leverage automation. Um, within my own areas of database and technology to actually reduce the amount of administration effort that our teams undertake so we can actually provide higher consistency, reduce risk, increase auditability, and also increase flexibility delivery. So um, 
so yeah, so those would be my prediction: increasing education, better automation, and um, uh, the, the the need for service providers to cover a broader area of topics for service delivery. Thank you very much, Chris. Jim Davis, I have two minutes for you. Go ahead. Regale me. All wow right. me, Jim Davis. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Bonnie. So my prediction is uh, I, I believe we'll start to see a lot more action in, in a new business model known as vehicle subscription. Uh, good examples of this are, are you know, book by Cadillac, Porsche Passport, Care by Volvo, Drive Germain, Canvas, Flex, Flex Drive, those types of things. I think this is uh, being driven by demographics changes, urbanization for sure, but I think more so, you know, the low upfront and short commitment um, of the business model really fits with younger mobility buyers' economics and their desire for flexibility in, in the types and uh, of vehicles that they drive. So, you know, I'll predict that we'll see the entrance of maybe one or two major players in the U.S., uh, whether that comes from an OEM, a dealer group, um, a rental company, or um, another startup-type player. Um, we'll, we'll have to just see. But I think one of the key things that will have to happen for that to, to occur is the prices will have to come down a bit, and that will happen when a player gets a better handle on some of the key capabilities that drive their success. I think there are three capabilities that they need to integrate into their business model, right? Exceptional fleet management capabilities, managing the supply and demand of vehicle pools, maximizing utilization, applying AI to understand the customer-driven behavior uh, will be a major differentiator in becoming successful. I think optimizing costs around maintenance and insurance, which re- again requires um, you know, uh, really understanding uh, driver behavior. And then third, a religious fervor on customer experience that drives or enhances the value prop for mobility consumers. Taking the offer beyond a car with included maintenance and service and and expanding it into additional Mm -hmm. convenience items like parking and charging fueling services, partnership offers for dining and shopping and things like that. Essentially forging a super close touch with the customer. So, you know, scale combined with right technical and business capabilities, I think will allow some company to bring, you know, the price levels near parity with traditional ownership and leasing for those consumers who want uh, 24-7 access to, uh, to a vehicle. So there you Thank go. Thank you very much. Very exciting. I'm still not giving up my my 370C in pearl white with the red rag top, Jim. I'm, nobody's subscribing to that one. I might give some rides to friends, but that's as far as it goes. Quickly, let's go around the table. Let's find out what the four of you were drinking over the holiday. One or two words. Van Denneken, what was in your cup? Well, last time it was a Peruvian Pisco. This time it's more boring. It's coffee. Well, is there any special kind of coffee, Sven? There must be a brand or something you like. Uh, actually, no shot. Sorry. No. Okay, that's fine. Lisa Durant, quickly, what were you drinking over the holidays? Lots and lots of coffee, but uh, we have this fabulous new uh, coffee maker. So I'm, I'm uh, weaning myself off my Keurig and making... Uh, you know, fresh brewed pots and uh, combining flavors and see if we can have some creativity with it. Have fun. Chris Kernahan, in your cup, what you got? Over the holidays, I had an awful lot of gin. <laughs> okay, and good for good for you, and you're still talking to us. And Jim Davis, Jim Davis, what you got? Yeah, my, my, my custom blend of uh, Dunkin' Donuts hazelnut and... Uh, 
and Cafe Verona. So uh, from I like it a lot. My, and then Thank you. More water. <laughs> I like it. Yes, we're all aspiring for more water, but good luck with that. But I have what's all they let me drink on show days. Sven Denikin, thank you. Lisa Durrett, thank you. Chris Kernahan, thank you. Jim Davis, thank you. We had 16 people predicting today. This was setting a record forever. We have delivered to you predictions from over 80. That's eight zero thought leaders from around the world, different industries, different specialties, different backgrounds. I have tried to tweet everything. If you're looking to see what we've done, it's hashtag SAP Radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Special thank you and a hug to Aaron Keller at the Business Channel team at VoiceAmerica.com World Talk Radio for being my engineer, my venerable engineer getting us through this. It has been wonderful. We'll be back with regular Coffee Break with Game Changers. Well, probably still with caffeine. Next week, uh, Wednesday, 11 a.m. here on the Business Channel. Signing off for now. Here's my call to action, and you know what it is. Fasten your seatbelt tighter than ever before. It's 2019. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Have a great one. Thank you. Hugs to all my fabulous panelists today. Have a great year. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign SAPRADIO. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.